0: Good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. I'm thankful for a good crowd. Hopefully you will be benefited from being here today. This morning's lesson is going to be geared toward the young people. That doesn't mean those of you that are older can go to sleep. Uh, I promise you that maybe there'll be something that you can benefit from or at the very least, according to the book of Titus, Paul told him that older people are supposed to help the younger people. Older men help the younger men. Older women help the younger women. So the things that we talk about today, hopefully those of you that have already been there and done that, you can help those others uh, to be able to get through it uh, in an easier fashion. All right, this week is back to school week, right? And I can remember that, it's been a long time ago now, but I can remember that, going back to school, and and I think Putnam County started back this past Monday, and, and for several of you that are going into college today, be your last day here, and and that's an exciting time, but it's also a, a somewhat nerve-wracking time for, for mamas and daddies, for even the kids. You see, there's several children here that they started kindergarten this past week. And that may not seem like a big deal, but those of you, you may remember when your kids started kindergarten. That's a big deal, right? It's a huge change in life, and, and it's a huge change for mom and dad. You know, there's some of you that that maybe you have left the middle school and you've gone on up into high school and, and that is a huge change. That, that's difficult to do. I mean, when you leave middle school, you're at the top, right? You're the big dog in school and then you go into high school and what are you? Well, you're at the bottom of the totem pole again, right? That's the way the world works. And it does that in cycles over and over and over again. So high school can be a tough time. It can be a difficult time in a young person's life. Like I said, there's several of you that you're going away to college for the first time. I think we had 17 people graduate from this congregation just back in May. That's a lot of kids. And you going into the university again, you went from being a senior in high school, again, the top, to now you're going back, you're going to be a freshman. You're the new person. You're not going to know everybody, and... And it's going to be difficult. And you're going to face things that, that you've not faced before. And, and hopefully today we'll discuss some things that will help all of you in whatever area that you're in. You see, I want you to remember one thing. Wherever it is that you're going, whatever it is that you may be doing, number one, you need to remember who you are. But not only do you remember, need to remember who you are, you need to remember whose you are. You see, in John chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible says, when we become a Christian, we become a a child, a son, or a daughter of God. Do we realize that? You see, sometimes we, we know that and we think about that when we're here, but sometimes we tend to forget that, don't we? As we go through these different phases in our lives and wherever it is that we may be, sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget, you know, our our raising. Sometimes we forget the things that we've known all of our life because the people that we are surrounded with maybe think in a different way. Maybe they act in a different way. But let me tell you something, young people, don't ever forget who you are. Don't ever forget how you were raised. Don't ever forget who you belong to. You see, because that's going to carry you through all of these different phases of your life. Don't ever allow that to slip from your mind. Always be the person that you are. Don't be a pretender. Don't be someone who who just tries to to do what you have to do to fit in with a certain crowd. That's not going to get you anywhere. I know it seems like it at the time, but I promise you, people like someone who's genuine. Someone who is their self. And that can relate to, to all of us, even as adults. My favorite people in this world are the people that's the same every time you see them. They never change. Remember who you are, and remember whose you are. Another thing, as you go into these different phases, whether it be high school or, or middle school or whatever, or whether it be college, you are going to be faced with temptations that maybe you have not been faced with Before. Especially as you get older, and and especially maybe as you go away to college. When you go away to college, you're not there with mom and dad anymore. And they're not there to help you make that decision, and and they're not going to see everything that you do. They don't know where you are at at every minute of the day. And you're going to be faced with opportunities, if you will, to do things that, that normally you wouldn't do. And you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to make a decision that sometimes is very, very tough. Sometimes that the people, they're, they're pressing on you and, and they're trying to get you to do these things. And, but you see, you belong to God if you're a Christian. You are a child of God. And according to 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, there's not a temptation that is going to be put before you that God will not make a way of escape. And I hope you remember that. You see, you see, sometimes we, we find ourselves, even as adults, we find ourselves in these situations, and, and sometimes we feel like there's no way out. Sometimes we feel like there, there's no good decision that can be made. But if the Bible is true, and, and I believe it is with all my heart, God always provides a way. So no matter where you find yourself, as you go on into high school, and like I said, as you go on into college, you're going to be faced with these things. and You're going to have to decide. Remember, God's on your side. God is on your side, and He is always there to help you through it. You've got to depend upon Him. One more thing before we go into that. Especially those of you that are leaving to go to college. Listen, you can't ride anyone's coattails once you leave home. You see, as we grow up and, and as we, you know, our parents are there or whatever, and, and we can kind of go along with their faith. And, you know, they're always bring us to church and always do this, that, whatever. But when you leave home, that's not there. What are you going to do? Do you have your own faith? Are you your own person? Again, you're going to have to make these decisions, and these decisions are going to determine your future. And you see, you've got to realize, when you leave and you go to a, a faraway place to college, you're no longer at Willow Avenue. You're no longer in Cookville. You're no longer at home. So you've got to decide, who am I going to be? What am I going to do? Am I going to act like everybody else here? Am I going to just blend right in because that's the thing to do, right? You've got to decide that. And it's tough. That's not an easy thing. That's not something that, that any of us should take lightly. And again, those of you that are older, you can help those that are going away to do this. Encourage them. Call them, text them. I don't know, email them, whatever it is you want to do. But you can encourage them as they leave home to be able to make those decisions that's going to ensure that they stay faithful to God throughout their life. Number two, marry a Christian. You might say, we're not talking about getting married. We're talking about going back to school. I agree with it. We're talking about going back to school, but I want us to understand this, and we'll get to it in just a moment. Do you realize well, who you marry is the second most important decision you'll ever make in your life? But just behind becoming a Christian, you know that. You've heard that for many, many years. But let me tell you something. Marriage is a difficult thing. And to anybody that tells you different, well, they're, they're, they're fooling themselves, and they're trying to fool you. Marriage is a very difficult thing. And let me tell you, God always intended for His people to be with His people. If you don't believe me, go back in your Bible and begin to read and begin to study. And uh, when Abraham was looking for a, a wife for his son, what did he do? He said, "Now nah, I've got to send my servant. And he's got to go back to our God's people, my people, and he's got to find him a wife. When Isaac, Abraham's son, was looking for... A wife for, for him and his children, and what did he do? Go back to God's people and, and find a wife. The Bible tells us, Two Corinthians chapter six, verse four through fourteen through sixteen: Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. He says, Don't do that. Why? Why? Because God knows how hard marriage is. God understands that a husband and wife doing their very best, it's difficult. And let me tell you something, you don't want to add something into the mix that, that's going to even make it more difficult. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible says a husband and wife are heirs together of the grace of life. Heirs together. So therefore, God intends for a husband and wife to work and serve together in order to help each other to get to heaven. And you still say, yeah, but I just, I don't know about that. What about Solomon? What about Solomon? In the Bible, in 1 Kings chapter 11, the Bible says he married these women from these foreign lands that served other gods. And and what happened? They turned his heart away from God. And I want us to understand that. Again, marriage is difficult. And if you marry the wrong person, then you're going to have to endure the consequences. And the consequences, they, they may pull you away from God. I've seen this happen so many times. And I don't think we take it seriously enough. I think we just say, oh, it really doesn't matter. And, and we just kind of laugh it off. And, and listen, I'm not standing up here saying if you, if you marry a non-Christian, you're, you're not going to heaven. I'm not saying that at all. I'm telling you what God intends for us to do and what God wants for us to do. And here's the whole point of all this. Here's the whole point. You're going back to school. And especially as you get older in high school or in college, you're dating other people, right? You're dating other people. You begin to maybe like people, and you want to see if you can have a relationship. If you set your mind to, I am going to marry a Christian, then who should you date? I've got an idea. We've got plenty of young people. We'll just arrange marriages right here. Your parents are all right with that, right? We can work it all out. I believe there's enough to go around. I know it doesn't work that way. I mean, it would be nice but it doesn't work that way. Well, let me tell you something, young people. Maybe you like somebody and they're not a Christian. I'm not saying that that's sinful. But here's what I am saying. If you can't convert that person when you're dating, odds are you're not going to convert them when you're married. Let me tell you something. When I was dating my wife, I'd do anything she wanted. And I'm not saying I wouldn't now, but it's, it doesn't come as easy, right? You guys understand that. It doesn't come as easy. When you're dating, it's, it's easy to, to get people to do things. If you're dating somebody that's not a Christian, study the Bible with them. Talk to them. Have them to come study with me. It doesn't matter. Whatever, but, but take this seriously. The whole rest of your life depends upon who you date and the decisions you make when you're young. And, and again, I don't think we talk about it enough. I don't think we do. Get involved in the work of the church. Sometimes when when people are young, they just think, ah, you know, I'll do that later when I get, you know, old and all of that. But, brethren, you don't realize how important it is. If you're going away to college and, and you're not going to be here at tech and you're leaving home, the number one thing you need to do is find a faithful congregation. We had people visiting here last week, and I know that was the reason they were here. Because their children were coming to college here and and they wanted to check us out. Mom and daddies, if your kid is going away, go find them a faithful congregation. Just because it says the, the name on the door doesn't mean a whole lot anymore. And it's time we realize that. It's time we realize if you're going away to college, you need to find a place that will help your child. That will help to hold them accountable. That's going to look for them if they're not there, if they're missing, whatever it may be. That is of utmost importance. And I hope we take it seriously. Do you realize God expects Christians, regardless of their age, to to be involved and active? Do you realize some of the most talented people in this congregation right now, in a lot of areas, are young people. Some of the most talented people. And sometimes, you know, as a young person, you want to bury that talent because you're, you know, a little bit unsure. Maybe you're a little bit shy. or, Or maybe you just... Really just don't want to do it. But God expects you, regardless of how young or old you are, to use your talent. You realize getting involved when early in life to, and often it's going to help you in a lot of different ways. A lot of different ways. It will build your faith. It will grow you into a stronger Christian. But you know, it also gives you a sense of responsibility. And, and, and don't young people need responsibility? Maybe more now more than any other time well, we don't have people that are very responsible but if you will get involved and you will agree to do whatever it is that that it may be that you're going to agree to do well that'll help you in your life it'll help you to prepare for your future also you'll gain experience you'll gain experience if you want to be a song leader get up here and lead a song that's going to help you in a lot of ways in life if you're able to deliver a lesson then On youth night, get up and deliver a lesson, whatever it may be. If you want to preach, talk to me. I'll set you up in a lot of places. And you can preach and teach and and whatever it is, but do you realize again, a young person, the skills that they have, the the excitement, the energy that they have, man, that equates to, to something big for God. And don't ever doubt that. You know, as you get older and you're going through school and you begin, even in high school, to try to figure out what it is that you want to be in life. What career path do you want to follow? Brethren, that's an important decision. That's a huge decision. God expects all of us to work. The Bible says if you want work, you shouldn't eat. God deemed all the way back at the fall of man that that mankind was going to have to work. And society today, they don't tell you that. But yet the Bible does. Choosing a career is a very important decision in your life. You've got to decide what you like to do. I'm going to encourage you in, to find something that you enjoy. Somebody once said, if you find something you enjoy to, to do, you'll never work a day in your life, right? That's true. I enjoy what I do. I really do. I enjoy being there in the woods. And I love it. And I don't want to do anything else. So therefore, it fits me. But you've got to find something that you like to do. That's important. But let me tell you something. Always, before you decide whatever that may be, you always have to ask yourself, is this job going to affect my spiritual life and how? You see, there's some careers that we may go into that man, they, may have a, they may have a large impact on our life. We need to understand that. If you go into a career that every Sunday you're going to have to work, you know what? I'm not saying that, that you're going to be in big trouble for that, but I'm going to say that's going to pull you away from God. That's going to hurt you. I understand sometimes people have to work on Sunday. But listen, we, we've, got to, we've got to realize that, that we need to mold our life around Christianity instead of the opposite. Sometimes we mold our Christianity around our life and that's not what God intended. You see, we've got to understand this. Jobs can pull people away from Christ. You can go into a career. You can get a job around some of the most worldly people in the world. And if you're not careful, those people will pull you away from God. So you've got to think about all of those things. You've got to think about all of those things now. And you may say, man, that's a lot. That's overwhelming. And that's just too much to decide right now. But Listen. That's why this is the most pivotal time of your life. When you're young and you're getting out of school or you're going to college, whatever it may be, man, that is a huge time of your life. And you've got to make all of these decisions. Listen, you need to set goals for yourself. I'm convinced a lot of young people anymore, they don't have any goals. They just kind of stroll through life and whatever happens, happens. And listen, you you won't accomplish anything in life if you don't have goals. If you don't have a a goal for your life in, maybe marriage. Maybe right now, you're not dating anyone. But make yourself a goal. I am going to marry whatever this person. He's a Christian. She's a Christian. And make yourself a goal there. And if you will make that goal, you will strive to reach that goal. You know, make a goal if you want to have children and just everything in your life, make a goal. Set goals in the church. Young men, set goals. Hey, someday I I want to be an elder in the church. You know, we got six good elders. But what's going to happen in 20, 30, 40 years? Jeff's not going to be here in 40 years, are you? Probably not. 40 years. Somebody's going to have to be an elder, right? But do you realize that you need to set that goal now? You say, why? Because you see, a lot of these goals that we set, they're going to require that you make good choices right now. We've been talking about it in my Wednesday night class, marriage and divorce for the last several weeks, and, and I, I believe Angie said, boy, we need more teaching on that. Because people get themselves in, in so many messes when they're young. And then as they get older, then they realize all of these things, and it's like, oh, what am I going to do now? But you see, if we will realize that when we're young, and we'll realize that the decisions that we are making at that time are going to influence all these things that's going to happen to us in 20 or 30 years later, then maybe we will think a little bit more about those decisions. And we'll realize that we've got to make those and take them a little bit more seriously. See, brethren, without goals, you won't accomplish much in life. Your main goal should be to go to heaven. If it's not, you've missed the bar. You're just not not where you need to be. And everything else has got to to be below that. You realize, in this one, I'm going to talk to older people too. Paul told Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. Young people, have you ever felt like older people have despised your youth? I used to feel like that. And I figured out what it is. Older people are jealous when you're young. That's the truth. And when I was younger, I just used to, I couldn't wait to get older. I would think, man, I just can't wait till I get, you know, on up, 40s, 50s, and and, and then you get respect from people. And and now I get there and I'm thinking, I don't want to be here. I'd rather be back down there. Because you see, sometimes older people, here's here's what older people do. They kind of almost belittle younger people. You know, you just always talk about them being young and, and wet behind the ears. I've been told that a thousand times. You're still wet behind the ears. And you say all of these different things, and I understand it's kidding, but sometimes young people, they, they feel pressed down. Maybe and they feel like they can't accomplish a whole lot, because honestly, sometimes older people make them feel that way. They make them feel like they are less important, and you say things like, well, they're, they're just the church of the future, Right now, we're the church of the present. Let me tell you something. They're just as much the church of the present as you and I are. Just as much. But I want to share just a few things with you about some characters in the Bible. You know, when you read about a man named Joseph, and you read that this man Joseph is sold into slavery and has to wind up going to Potiphar's house and enduring all the things that he goes to, enduring the temptation of, of Potiphar's wife and overcoming that and all of these things that he went through. Do you realize that all happened when he was 17? You see, sometimes young people, whether older people make them feel this way or just simply because they feel that way themselves, sometimes they feel like they just can't do much. You know, maybe when I get older, I'll be more useful to God. Let me tell you something. Everybody on this list was very useful to God at a young age. And I want you to understand that. Joseph was 17 years old, the Bible says, when all of these things happened. Man, that's, that's big. Joseph was the right kind of person. And he didn't have to be 50 years old to figure that out. He was a teenager. Miriam. Miriam was given the task when Moses was born and, and her parent, his parents hid him for three months and they knew they had to do something with him. The command was given all these male Hebrew babies had to die. Miriam was given the task. You take Moses, you've got to put him in the river, and they had this all planned out. And when Pharaoh's daughter comes by and she sees him, you're going to have to talk to her and convince her to let, allow his birth mother to take care of him. Did Miriam accomplish the task? Most scholars believe she was between 10 and 12 years old. Don't tell me young people can't accomplish great things. That is a huge responsibility placed upon someone's shoulders. And she did it at a very, very young age. What about David? What about David in 1 Samuel chapter 17? David is a shepherd. He's keeping the sheep. And, you know, the, the people of Israel, his brothers, they're at war. And, and there's this giant named Goliath. And, and Goliath is every day going out and, and blaspheming God. And, and somebody's got to do something. And David comes on the scene. And you see, you don't know how old David is. Yeah, I do. The Bible says in the book of Numbers, anyone 20 years old and upward had to be in the military. Was David in the military? No. So David was a teenager. David was a teenager when he came down and brought food to his brothers and saw the giant and said, I will fight the giant. David's a teenager. You ever considered that? You say, I'm a teenager, I can't do great things for God. Oh yeah, you can. You can do great things for God. What about Josiah? The Bible says Josiah became king over Judah when he was eight years old. Now you imagine that. Eight years old. He had to have people around him, especially at that time. But the Bible also says that in the eighth year of his reign, which was when he was 16 years old, the Bible says he began to seek the Lord. When he was eight, he didn't understand a lot of things. He was put in place as a king because simply of his lineage. But the Bible says in the eighth year of his reign, when he's 16, he began to seek the Lord. The Bible says in the twelfth year of his reign, that would be when he's 20 years old, he began to purge Judah of idolatry. You Think about that. Josiah was a good king. The Bible says he's 20 years old. He's, going, he's tearing down the high places. He's removing the idols. He's doing all of these things. As a young, young man. What about Daniel? What about Daniel? Do you realize Daniel was a teenager when he was taken into captivity? Do we we grasp that? He was a teenager when he's taken into captivity. He was a teenager when he refused to eat and drink the food and drink from the king's table. He was a teenager when he made that decision. When he said, "I I won't defile myself with those things. He was a teenager when he made the decisions to be friends with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. said, I hadn't even talked about that. Couldn't Daniel have chosen and, you know, he's there in Babylon and no doubt he's in the king's palace and couldn't he have been friends with a lot of people? Couldn't he have chosen to be friends with Babylonians that, you know, had a big time and got to do whatever it is they wanted to do? Yeah, but he made the, the right decision to choose the right kind of friends at a very young age, and look at all that Daniel accomplished. He's like Joseph. He rose all the way up in the ranks. And he accomplished such great things. Do you realize Mary, the mother of Jesus, according to every, absolutely everything I've read, odds are she was 15, 16 years old when Jesus was born. You say, no, that can't be right. Oh, just think about here. Think about here, 50, 60, 70 years ago. When did women get married? 14, 15, 16 years old, right? I know a lot of women that got married at 14 years old, several, several years ago. But during that time period, that was when these teenage girls would become betrothed, engaged to a husband. More than likely, Mary was a teenager when Jesus was born. Can God use a young person to accomplish great things? That's the greatest thing, right? That's where Jesus came from. She's a teenager. What about Jesus? He's 12 years old. He's 12 years old. Did he use his abilities? Or did he say, nah, I'm just young. I just need to wait. I just need to wait till I get 30 and then people will take me seriously. No. When Jesus was 12 years old, what was he doing? He was teaching in the temple. Had a young man. Timothy. We're studying Timothy in our adult Bible class. Timothy was a young man probably 18 to 20 years old, uh, when, when Paul converted him and when he began to, to go on these missionary journeys. God can use you as a young person. Older people realize God can use these younger people. Encourage them. Encourage them to be involved. Give them things to do. Use them in the service of God. Build their confidence and help them be the people God would have them to be. Young people, I'm going to finish with this and my lesson's done. In Acts chapter 17, verse 6, God's people were accused of turning the world upside down. Those people, it says, that have turned the world upside down, they've come here too. They've come here and they didn't want them there. You can be the people that change this world. And let me tell you something, this world needs changing. This world needs changing. And you can be the people to do that, but you've got to be like Daniel. You've got a purpose in your heart right now, that you're going to do that. You've got to decide that you're going to make all of these decisions and make them in the biblical way that we've talked about. And you can do great things for God. Don't ever lose sight of that. This morning, if you're not a New Testament Christian, I encourage you to consider that. I encourage you to consider what the Bible says in being a Christian. This morning, if you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you've heard what the Bible says and you believe it, and you want to do something about it this morning, you can repent to change the way you think. Stop living for yourself. Live for Him. You can confess His name before men, and you can be baptized this morning. And He will add you to His church. Probably most everyone has done that. Most everyone. What about us as Christians? What about you as a young person? Are you faithful to the Lord? Are you, do you plan to be faithful to the Lord? Are you going to endure the temptations? Are you going to depend upon God to get you through those things? Or are you just going to give in to anything and everything that comes along? Older people, have you been an encouragement to these younger people? Or have you been a hindrance? You see, brethren, we can be a hindrance. And Jesus says if we cause young people to stumble, oh man, it'd be better to have a millstone thrown around our neck, put it in the bottom of the sea. We don't want to do that. This morning, if there's anything we can do to help you, Would you please come while together we stand and sing?